Hello, and I welcome you to this episode on the Woo Woo Woman podcast. This falls on Mother's Day, and I felt as though this was probably the best time to really touch upon Goddess Gaia. Um, If you've been within this community for quite some time, you may have heard people reference Mother Earth as, you know, Mother Gaia, and I wanted to clarify some information um, about the root of where this comes from. And I found this beautiful article that had this awesome poem attached to it, and it's on the Gaia website, which is gaia.com, and it is called Greeting Goddess Gaia. And, you know, it's really hard to begin the topic of Gaia without really shifting into this beautiful, artistic, yet poetic um, song and dance of the nature of all natures. And it is like at the basis and the fundamental root of all things that are living and yet still within things that we consider to be non-living because things that were living created the non-living. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's the transfer of true nature blossoming in an individual to create an idea that creates the thing, um, that creates the product, that creates the idea or the ritual. So there's this constant level of creativity that's always unfolding and always evolving. And that in and of itself is absolutely amazing to me. And, you know, there is this innate deep love for that and for her, for the goddess Gaia, essentially. And it is the heartbeat that runs through the veins of the ground beneath us. And it is the heartbeat that gave us the tune and the beat to our own personal drum. And I came across within this article a little um, interesting segment, which I'd like to share with you. In the time before time, I heard a call from the cosmos of such illustrious beauty. I succumbed, answering the call of Gaia to help her seed a new land where love was all. And yet, I, to yearn for the affections of another. And I found this to be very powerful, it being, you know, Mother's Day. And truly, I mean, in my opinion, it's a very hallmark holiday and Mother's Day should be every day because, you know, when we go back to the mother of all mothers, which is Mother Gaia and Mother Earth, we have to take into account that we should be appreciative and thankful for the ground in which we walk upon, for the life in which we live, for the people in which we come into contact with, and to really be able to live in this innate process that really is rooted in love and affection. And with everything wrapped around Mother's Day and the whole idea of having to give somebody something, which don't get me wrong, I'm a mom and I love getting gifts. It's not that. It's more so the innate depth and understanding for all of us to truly understand that life itself is in fact a gift. And that is the gift 
that comes through the gifts that are being given and the gifts that are being received. And when you begin to see that at the basis of, you know, life itself, you begin to understand that just as that one person, let's say, just as an, as an example, just that way I can kind of put this in an analogy type of a context to be better understood. Let's say I'm staring right now at my crystal singing bowls. Somebody came up with the idea to make these crystal singing bowls. That person comes from nature and essentially that creativity to create this crystal singing bowl is of nature. And when somebody gifts you this crystal singing bowl, that action of being given is a gift of life, is a gift of nature, and it's nature coming back to you. You accepting it is accepting that love and affection that comes attached to that gift, not the actual gift itself. And I'm touching upon this topic um, for perhaps a bit of selfish reasons to help me process my personal um, story as well as to offer a different perspective for those of you, whether you are a mom, whether you have a mom, don't have a mom, never met your mom, um, or find you know a stepmom to be more of a motherly figure or a friend to be more of a motherly figure, or essentially understanding that like Mother Gaia is the mother of all mothers that's giving you this gift. You came from a physical being, but really you came at the heart of it from Mother Gaia, from Mother Earth. I'm gonna share with you a little bit of information about who Gaia was and who she is and who she will always be because again, nature is always evolving, growing and transitioning. And then I'm gonna get into a bit of a personal story that I'd like to share. And I think that this is gonna be very a healing podcast for me um, and one that I hope you too can find a deeper message within Mother's Day. So quite simply, Gaia is essentially life itself. And within life, again, like I mentioned, there's this weaving of nature. There's this weaving of love and affection because essentially we are all symbiotically in this beautiful relationship with not only other animals, but with water, with food, with fruits, with vegetables, with other living beings, as well as the things that we consider to be non-living. We have useful tools that really help us live, right? We have great friends that help nurture our who help feed us, who help support us, very similar to nature itself. And when we get down to really the overall picture is that everything is nature and everything around you is nurturing you. And that is just absolutely fucking beautiful. I don't know about you, but I just find that to be so again, poetic and artsy fartsy. And, you know, at the very same time, it's kind of like, a mind fuck because you're like whoa I never thought about it that way and I didn't either for a very very long time because we are brought up in these isolated you know units of family and we are brought up to think that our mom is our mom and if you know if our mom does something wrong and you know all of these different characteristics but it's so expansive it's so broader than that and the broadness of it all makes the micro aspect of it all seem so for lack of a better word, like not irrelevant, but not 
as beautiful because if you think about it on a bigger scale, Mother Earth is really nurturing all of us and we are nurturing everything within our own lives and creating out of her. So, you know, she is all in all. Um, she is like the very soul, again, the heartbeat of Earth and she is a goddess and she is a woman. And why is she a woman? Um, I'm brought back to the Empress Tarot card, which is in the number three three is mind, body, spirit, but it's also creativity. And the empress is like this innate sense to create and nature itself. And, you know, she is by all accounts, like inhabits every layer of our planet, as well as in my opinion, almost like the very layer that um, is out there in the cosmos, like a piece of that layer that's out there in the cosmos that gave this planet ultimate being. Okay. And you know, she offers life and she offers nurturing and she has these children and that is absolutely everything that is contained within this world. Um, and in ancient civilizations, they knew this, like they honored earth, like, you know, Native Americans honor the ground. They use nature, you know, Aztecs, Egyptians, and you can go on and on and on throughout, you know, the ages they have honored their planet and have understood this layer and this com this component of life itself and it's only up until i would probably say within the past you know couple hundred years and it's not everywhere um but very much you know the western mindset is very um consolidated in things but not with the understanding that these things also come from nature and that we have to nurture and we have to take care of her and we have to honor her and we have to listen to her just as we would you know if a hurricane was on its way you are like keeping an eye on it and you're wondering where it's going and you're paying attention you're listening to her and oftentimes when we have a lot of natural disasters it's her speaking to us it's her soul speaking to us and it's a, an outcry you know of her speaking to us that things need to change things need to be looked at she needs to be nurtured she needs to heal and you know within that there is also this again remember because we are a part of her and she nurtures us and when she's hurting we in turn feel those effects and if you're a very sensitive individual like myself an empath or someone who is really sensitive to energetic vibrations and astrology and the planets and things that are going on outside of our micro reality, you are, you are in this, like you understand this layer and you understand this component. And for those of you who are not quite privy to these energetic principles that, you know, are around us and, and are being affected, you also feel it. It's just that you may not understand the depth in which it's, it's attempting to be had. And you might be like saying, oh, well, I'm feeling really sad and I don't know why. Maybe I'm depressed and I need to go to the doctor and I need to take medications as opposed to seeing things from a whole. You know, we've been taught to look at things from a very selfish mindset and from a very isolated mindset where we are the, you know, we have this problem within ourselves and nobody else should really know about it. And we feel very isolated because we feel like other people aren't experiencing it. And I myself was within this, you know, 
for, for a very long time. Um, you know, growing up, I would go out and I would drink a lot and I would, you know, be really sensitive. So I would drink even more. And I realized that I was numbing that emotion instead of attempting to try and understand those emotions. So, you know, Mother Gaia um, and Goddess Gaia comes and goes by many different names depending on these ancient lineages, but really it's just this, this better understanding that there is a connection and understanding that this connection is an energy and you know it will present itself, itself in like a myriad of forms and it literally appears and shows itself as Earth itself. And again, every culture has, you know, their own version of the earth goddess, you know, the Greeks called her Gaia um, and the Incas know her as Pachamama. Um, and in some cases, um, she's in ancient writings and pre-linguistic references to her having like been this found um, alongside like the shrines and statues and paintings of her in every corner of the globe, you know, throughout these these ancient ancient cultures and um she is essentially the first goddess and it is a primal goddess and the creator of life itself and the fullness that which she embodies and like that legacy that's like so you know so um how do I even, like, what's the word I'm even really looking for? Like, it is this, like, fullness and this legacy that is right now kind of being forgotten. Like, we know, like, okay, global warming is happening and okay, we should really stop doing single plastics and okay, all of these other things. But, like, how are we really working towards that? How are we really nurturing that? Um, and, you know, she's she can oftentimes be connected with Venus and Venus is this... Um, also, there's also, you know, a goddess Venus, but Venus is, you know, beauty and nature and she is everywhere. And it's the understanding that she is ultimately beautiful and everything in which she creates and which she creates through us is beautiful and nurturing and so full and like her legacy weaved into all of that. So it's so interesting um, for me to be touching upon this and it came to me to touch upon Actually, I um, just recently came back from being on a short little getaway in Cocoa Beach and we were on the beach and stayed on the beach and just being with the sun and the wind and the salt and the sand again after not really being exposed to it for such an extended period of time. We like not forget, but like we there's nothing like being in nature in that moment of nature. It's not the same. Like you could look back on it and you could be nostalgic about being in the mountains or being in at like in the the ocean or swimming in the lake or being in a desert but like the innate emotion and wave that really comes through to you when you're there in that present moment is so powerful that it cannot be recreated unless you're actually there again you can remember the like remember the memory but that emotion of like vastness and like connection and almost as if you're like with her like that that breeze is like not like you don't just feel it on your physical body but it's more so moving through you and it's we are that you know and nature to me is the biggest reminder of our connectivity to all things and that we are all one and we are all 
coming from one source and one place. And however your um, understanding of that is, at the root of it all, we're all still saying the same thing. We're all with the understanding there's one God, but there's also like that one creator, essentially, whether it's male or female, however you, you envision it, if it's Pachamama, you know, Mother Gaia, God, Jesus Christ, whatever your root foundation at the, at, at the root of it all, it's all the same. We're saying the same things. And it's almost as if we've said the same thing so much that we've become numb to it. And we don't really understand how powerful it really is to begin to understand that we do need to nurture her as much as she nurtures us. It's, it's, it's again, a symbiotic relationship and everything is seeking balance and everything is essentially in balance and will find balance. But we have to remember to remember where we came from and to honor that place and to honor that space within our own lives, as well as the way in which we interact with not only nature, but the other layers of nature, the objects, um, single-use plastic, for instance, versus glass, the people, and knowing that like that is all in and of itself, again, evolving, growing, and nurturing. So it's a beautiful way in which, and I'm, I, I hope I'm explaining it in a way that's, <laughs> that's understandable because I'm just totally in the moment now and, and I'm just expressing these various different layers that are coming through to me, but you know, there is an effort to really unearth her. And we must look at like the oldest documentations and these accounts. And, you know, we can't ignore history because history repeats itself, right? So like we, history gives us a foundation and the foundation in which we walk upon in which she's built us and helped us and nurtured us to being who we are in our full embodiment right now is yes a part of your own biological mother but it also goes beyond that because your biological mother came from her mother and so on and so forth and the way that i put this into like an an easier concept it's like you are a flower like when you see a field of flowers they're all flowers and more often times than not, there are some variations with the flowers in a field, but they're very much the same. Um, and if they vary, they, they still vary, but there's still an equal amount of varied flowers, unless you know somebody planted them you know, individualistically. But what I'm trying to say is that if you have like a, a field of flowers, that one flower gets pollinated right by a carrier by a bee and this is the carrier and you could think of the flower looking at the bee as like god um and the giver right like oh my god this bee here comes the, just imagine if you know a flower had a voice okay oh my gosh here comes the bee i'm gonna this is like the giver of life thank you bee i honor you bee thank you for giving me this family and they see that 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 be as God, right? Because it pollinates, it spreads the pollen so that way that one flower can have an offspring. And yet the offspring isn't fully attached to the mother. It's separate in, it, in and of itself and it grows separately and it still begins to grow and it still begins to get nourished and evolve and then in turn will 
again pollinate, get pollinated and, and make more and more and more. So when you look at yourself as if you were a flower being pollinated, yes, your mother is your biological mother who has helped nurture you and you come from her and her karmic layers and her roots and her culture as well as your father's, but you are standing tall and you have this knowledge within you, but you're also able to understand that you are also an individual. You are not that. You have the opportunity to grow and create and to be who you ultimately desire to be. So as I go through this, um, you know, an explanation about Mother Gaia, um, I'm reminded of my own mother. And if you've listened to previous podcasts, you've um, perhaps stumbled upon or heard um, various different stories and layers with my mom. And my mom was a single mom. My dad was around, but I lived with my mom and I visited my dad and he was very palpable in my life for sure. And I have to be honest and say that I probably connected with him more so, even though he wasn't in my um, nuclear family in the sense of like living in the same household and being around him for, you know, extended periods of time, I did connect with him the most as opposed to my mom. And my mom um, came from Cuba. She's Cuban. And, you know, she came here during a really rough time um, during the transition into communism in that country with Fidel Castro. And her father had passed before she came over to the States. And she came legally. She came um, with Kennedy. And her and her mother came here with um, nothing but the clothes that they had on their back and two pictures each. Um, They had to relinquish their properties, their gold, their business that they had there. And um, pets as well. So family as well. And she had a really, you know, I don't know the the ins and outs of everything, but she had a challenging upbringing. And coming here to America, not knowing the language and still having to support herself as well as her mom. um, And she told me a story that she ended up in Chicago, straight from Cuba and in Chicago at the time. It was freezing cold and super windy and all she had was like a pair of stockings. And she had to go to the thrift store and buy herself a jacket for like a dollar or something wild like that and you know through her challenges I inherited a bit of that and you know I think a life experience changes and molds an individual and nurtures them in the way that's needed in order to nurture others and I don't think that there's any mistake that any one individual's life and the way it's unfolded whether you have a mother or a father or you don't whether your mother or your father is there but they don't function as how you would see them as being you know the ideal mother or father whatever the case and scenario may be you were given the nuclear family that was needed for your personal evolution and growth, for your ability to be nurtured and to gain your own independence through that whole entire process. And, you know, a lot of my mom's karmic 
um, as well as, you know, energy through her, her experiences through life have also rubbed off on me. And I have been having to take a closer look at myself and growing up, um, I really wasn't able to kind of have my freedom so much um, until I was about 18. I was very rebellious as a child. Um, and my mother was always there, almost, and God forgive me if she's listening to this, but a very much like a dictator. Like I was told what I should do, what I shouldn't do. I was never really honored for the things that I did outside of obviously graduating high school and graduating nursing school. Um, for my talents, um, I've asked my mom to come to my yoga classes and she, she refuses to come because she doesn't believe in that. Um, I use the tarot and she's really not too keen on the tarot coming from like this very deeply rooted, you know, religious background, which still trickles onto me, but I use it in a very, you know, different way. I don't use it to force anything on anyone. I use it as a tool. And if, you know, those of you who are interested, for instance, like my Araceli candles, those come from my grandmother and, you know, these prayer candles, you know, are a part of most, you know, Hispanic cultures. And, you know, it's something that I was around and I see, and now I've kind of used them differently. That suits me. But still, again, there's that little layer, that little thread that's also within the karmic lineage of our family. But there was a point in my life where I felt like I didn't have a mother because I wasn't mothered the way that I feel I should have been mothered. But then there was a moment that like washed over me when I was within this kind of energy, you know, like the relationship with my mom is like a little bit, you know, tumultuous. It's always a little bit stressful and heavy and argumentative. And, you know, it came over me one day, I think it was uh, shortly after I received my um, triangle rose quartz necklace in the mail and I went to the ocean and I cleansed it in salt water. I had this overwhelming um, urge to go to this one tree in Deerfield Beach at Sullivan Park and it's this beautiful tree and it's always captivated me and it was like you know go there and meditate and I did and I sat down and it, like the way that the roots grow in the ground there was almost like this little seat like just waiting for me inviting me to sit down and I felt a little strange at first I'm like oh my god officially a tree hugger okay <laughs> but I did it anyway and I went with what I was being led to do and I was there for quite a while. And within that meditation, I, it struck me that, you know, yes, my mother is my mother, but I come from the mother of all mothers. And that mother has always supported me. That mother has always guided me in the right direction to be nurtured, has guided me to the right experiences, to be at the right place at the right time, has protected me, has fueled me with water and sunlight and has brought some amazing individuals into my life, has given me so many opportunities of growth and expansion um, spiritually as well as, you know, with with nursing and going into nursing school and things like that and I'm just like overwhelmed and she continues to show me that she's palpable and you know we could talk to her, we could talk about this in the sense of like the universe in conjunction with you know mother gaia which to me is the masculine and the feminine it's like the universal messages and the universal codes and the mathematical logic that's kind of weaved in to nature 
Um, if you don't really know about the Fibonacci spiral, look into the Fibonacci spiral and that Fibonacci, you know, mathematical equation and numbers are literally in everything that's naturally reoccurring in some way, shape or form, which is amazing to me. So there's almost like this balance between the masculine cosmic logic as well as this creativity and there's this balance. And in that moment, even though I didn't feel like I was actually nurtured by my biological mother, I felt held by Goddess Gaia. I felt nurtured by Goddess Gaia. And being a mother now, I pray and I know that I am because again, I believe that we, are, we choose our parents before all of this because we choose the lessons that we need in order to create this you know, friction and yet at the same time, this... Um, need for growth for our soul and each soul is different each soul needs different layers of growth needs different experiences and different opportunities to grow and as a mom now putting this out there into the universe i was with my ex and he had proposed and we were engaged and we had a really great relationship um, it was very fun, but we were very young and I kind of wanted out towards the end of the relationship and I expressed that and his response was to propose to, to, to kind of hang on, to, to keep me, to, to be attached. And I did love him. Um, and you know, I did want it to work, but there was something deeper within me that knew that it just wasn't it. It was, it didn't always click. But either way, I was still guided um, to do the things that I did. So um, we got engaged. And then later on, that voice within me was even louder. It was like, oh my gosh, this you can't. Like, this is not it. And I broke off the engagement. And I didn't want to be a hoochie. And I didn't want to be a slut. But, you know, my... Mm, my pussy was hungry and I was like, instead of going and, you know, gallivanting with randoms and I can, I was never really able to do that. Um, I had friends that were, and I was just like envious because I was like, how can you just like go into bed with a random person? Like, ugh, I can't do it. I have to have an emotional connection with somebody. Anyways. So, um, I got a little booty call and it happened. And shortly after I was pregnant three months. I found out I was pregnant three months after I was pregnant. A little backstory on that. They were like, how do you not know? Well, I was training, um, for a half marathon at that time. I was like very into running and super, super athletic. And whenever I would exercise, you know, that intensely for an extended period of time, my period would be less. And in addition to that, I thought it would be cool to take Anavar, which was a um, low dose anabolic steroid. And apparently the, the, the steroid counteracts the um, NuvaRing that I was on. So in any case, it happened and I'm not condoning doing any of this. I'm just being very honest and upfront with um, my life and my story and to share with you that like I am not perfect and that I have a past and that I did certain things that I probably shouldn't have done but I'm glad that I did because it's brought me to the space that I'm in now so I can't really look at it in that like in that way but it's definitely not something that I'm like super proud of like hey yeah I did some anabolic steroids 
but I only did it for a short period of time because I obviously ended up finding out that I was pregnant. So I was maybe on them, maybe two months or something along those lines. And when I found out, um, I was about to go on a trip with a group of girlfriends to the Dominican Republic and I didn't get my period and I was like, oh, I'm kind of, kind of late, but let me just take a pregnancy test just to make sure everything's fine. So I took the pregnancy test and it said positive. And then I was like, eh, mm, that one's been under the sink for quite a while. I'm going to go get like a, a two pack and just pee on both of them at the very same time. So I got like two or three, like the, the packs. So I had, like, I think I had like four in my hand and I peed on all four of them at the same time. I was like, these can't all be positive. And sure enough, they were. And Needless to say, um, I told, you know, my ex-husband at the time that I was pregnant and we were both kind of like processing the information considering where our relationship was and um, still went to DR, still had a great time and, you know, I'm here and at, at the beginning starts of it, just being completely raw and authentic here, I wasn't sure. I was like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know if like I want this, but I knew that after like knowing that the baby was three months, you know, of age, I was like, I have to, you know, like it's going to happen. And I knew in the back of my mind, it would be such a growth experience and learning experience for me, but I didn't really know to what extent until now. And I feel like it's still going <laughs> and I'm still learning. It's like, being in college and just like continuing with like your associates and your bachelors and your masters and your doctorates and you just keep going. You still get educated and my son is continuing to educate me, which is so powerful. And um, I gave birth and they wanted me to hold him and I was like, I'm tired. I'm starved. You haven't fed me. I haven't had anything to drink in like over 24 hours. I just popped out this baby and now I want some juice and I want some snacks and I'm hungry. And they're like, hold your baby. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, okay, okay, okay. And I did. And it took probably, I think it was like about six to nine months to not feel like I was just, you know, a cattle farm um, and, you know, an ass wiper. <laughs> for lack of a better word. And I developed my true relationship with my son at about six to nine months where I was like really attached to him. And in the beginning, it was difficult for me to attach to him. And I don't know if it was maybe my own personal, you know, um, dynamic with my own mother, kind of at the same time that buried down kind of like fearful of that relationship happening, which it will not happen. And then there's other this other layer of like the relationship that I was in, like, it was like this weird dynamic um, as well. But we ended up getting married and we were married for three years and then decided to call it quits. Um, when my son was about four, we finalized things. Um, no, not four. We just finalized things in 2019. So my son was about seven, but we were separated for three years. So when my son was about three and a half, we separated for that long period of time, finalized the divorce in 2019, where I was blessed with meeting Jonathan. Um, that's a different podcast. We'll get into that. But my son, I know now, um, and I wasn't as far along in my spiritual practice then than I am now. And I'm still, again, learning and growing and evolving in that arena as well. And you guys are all here to listen and hear that out play out. But 
I realized that my son was actually brought into my life to teach me. I am not here to teach him. And, you know, the world is teaching him. And I, yes, of course, am showing him the way in which I live and the way in which I do things and the way in which, you know, I eat and I live. But intuitively, I, I know that he has enriched my life and enriched my life with so much knowledge and with a different perspective that I truly know that each child that is born is born from a place of purity, is born from this like, you know, so close to Gaia, like so close. And to think about the woman as being this like amazing spaceship that really like teleports souls into this earth, like that's amazing in and of itself. But he teaches me so much so so much and in in the most simplest ways and the things that he says the most simplest ways and the story that i think is really funny is i remember we went to a movie theater movie um at the movie theater and i was like oh i remember when i was a kid we would pay for one ticket and like hop around to different you know to different movies and only pay for one ticket and he's like isn't that stealing and i was like oh my god jesus yeah what like you are shining it right back at me and like that's just one of the stories and I was it's just it's an abundance of stories and those of you who are moms who are listening probably feel exactly the same way and like we get angry or ticked off or annoyed or frustrated or whatever the case may be with our children because they want to do them and they want to grow their own way and we are sometimes so fixated and rooted in the way that we've always been that we don't see it that way that we feel like we're here to teach them and don't get me wrong I think correction is needed when it's out of line Um, but we also need to to talk to our children in such a way that's like understanding their perspective and you know I never had that I never had a mom that actually listened to where I was coming from and take that into consideration. And I offer that to my son. Um, Do I get frustrated? For sure. Um, You know, this online school thing, like I definitely have like a glass of wine or two twice a week because his five days a week of online school have been pretty heavy um, on the both of us emotionally because he he thinks he's at home. He thinks it's like playtime, he's on vacation. And I have to tell him that these are things that we have to do. In life, sometimes we could always do what we want to do, but there are certain things that we do need to do. If you want money in the bank, you got to find a way to get it. That's something you have to do. Whether you choose to go to a corporate job, create your own business, whatever the case may be, that's your choice. You know, do you want to live in a nice, clean home? If you don't, then you don't have to clean it. But if you do, you have to clean it or pay somebody else to clean it. And this is the way that I talk to my son. And this is the way that he understands it. And as a mom, looking at my son and looking from like to, to, to talk to him, and to not put myself as like superior in all areas, for some areas I do, but in all areas I give him a voice. And I think that that is the biggest takeaway um, that I wish I had with my own mother, but look at me now. I didn't have that at my home. My voice was never heard. Um, My perspective was never heard. 
Um, it was never acknowledged. It was never validated. And here I am creating a podcast because <laughs> I have to get it out in some way. And I've received so many amazing, you know, DMs and emails about this podcast and, you know, how you guys really enjoy it. And it, it gives me a sense of fullness because this is what it's created. You know, my life and the way in which things have transpired for me were not there as a crutch. They were there as learning lessons. It's just choosing to see them, choosing to hear them out, choosing to take them into consideration and choosing to see them as a means of nurturing you, even though on the surface or even though in this moment or in that one moment, you don't see how it's nurturing you, it is in some way, shape or form. So being Mother's Day, know that you come from the mother of all mothers, regardless of your motherly situation. And if you have a healthy mother, you know, daughter relationship, that's absolutely amazing. And I think that that is, you know, incredible to have. And I feel like maybe that might be the enlightenment part um, of that of that relationship that just like people seek to be spiritually enlightened. I feel like that having that relationship and that healthy dynamic is a part of enlightenment in and of itself. Um, so I know that, that I'm not alone in this. Um, and I hope that this message in which I shared and the information that I shared gives you a different little peek into a different perspective of mother's day and of Mother Gaia, of Goddess Gaia, and really begins to find the gifts in life that are being given to you in the smallest of ways. To see the silver lining in things that we are so, you know, attached to or connected to, things that have caused this pain and heartache and being able to know that you know as even though that was really challenging to go through and even though those emotions and you know that time can never really be given back know that that moment in time was there to build and nurture your timeline of events and embrace it you know embrace it and open yourself up to being you know being a vessel and open yourself up to asking you know this experience that i went through how can i bring this darkness to the light how can i use what i've learned through this really agonizing experience into something more beautiful how help me see the lessons God, universe, help me see the lessons and help me see the silver lining. Because if you ask, you will receive. When you stay in your story and when you stay in the pain and when you stay in the reoccurring, you know, story, that cyclical story that keeps running in your mind, that doesn't give you that space to transition. It's not asking what happened and why it happened. It's reliving it. So if you want to transcend and if you want to begin to feel completely and utterly nurtured by Mother Gaia in all areas of your life, not only you know your body and your, your house and your family and your friends, but 
the experiences and the emotional experiences that you've had. Open yourself up to her. All the answers lie there. As long as you're willing to take that breath in, to create that space, to settle into listening, 